Amen. Praise God. God bless you for being here. Let's give a hand clap unto the Lord today. Woo! Psalms 122 and 1. I was glad when I got to go to church. I kind of added a little personal there. I misquoted David on purpose. I was glad when they said unto me. No, I was glad when I woke up before they said unto me. Because I knew when I went to bed, the next day was my time with God and God's people. And so I'm just convinced, folks, that great Sundays make better Mondays. You're on your own on Tuesday, but anyway, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding you. Amen. What a great, beautiful group of people I see here today, and I know there's a host of you online. God bless you for streaming and utilizing technology. Regardless of how you are here, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. God's wonderful people. I want to say as a pastor, thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Thank you for your commitment during a pandemic to the house of God. And we've been able to pay every bill. We've not been late. We've never bounced a check. And so I just want to say for those that are watching and those that give, thank you, thank you, thank you. And let me let you in on a little bit of behind the scenes that at the end of the year, we ran a report on our giving, which would have put us in a pandemic for probably, what, 10 and a half months. And like any pastor or any dad, if I get laid off, I get furloughed, can't be faithful if there's no increase, right? So, oh Lord, help us weather the storm. Restaurants are closing down, businesses are closing down, churches aren't making it. And I just want you folks to know that at the end of the year, so 10 and a half months in the pandemic, that the giving of this church went up 3%. Wow. I never loved 3% so much than I did in December. Say, so, hey, I didn't shatter any records, but no, the people of God were faithful in the storm. And 3%. When I read that report, to me, it looked like 300%. Thank God. We believe in faith. And so, again, I'm just sharing a pastor's heart with you, not taking an offering. Everybody just relax. Sit back in your chair and say, this is going to be a good sermon. But I just felt in my heart to tell you, thank you, thank you. Those of you that are watching online, and I know you give, and there's a lot of ways to give. But just please know that this pastor appreciates the faithfulness and I pray for you that God would bless you tenfold that nothing is a sacrifice unto the Lord but Lord the Lord never gets behind on his blessings either and so please know we say thank you as a whole and corporately as a church our giving went up through and just man I just want to say thank you it, it, today's a great day so I want you to feel great too amen amen if you're able to stand with me this morning or if you're at home or Streaming online, we're going to take your attention into the Gospels according to Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. Praise God. If the media team might help me, I could see my screen display. There we go. Thank you. Maybe they're working on it. Okay, Matthew chapter 7. If you're following with me in a mobile device or a Bible, I'm going to be reading verses 15 through 20. Verses 15 through 20. Thank you, guys. The writer says here, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, 
but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not grow good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits, you will know them. I'm going to preach to you on this message this morning entitled, The Axe and the Forest. The Axe and the Forest. Heavenly Father... I pray, God, that everything we talked about this week, that I remember to tell your people. Let me not forget our conversations, God. Let me not forget the thoughts that you put in my spirit. But let me convey to the wonderful people of God that call this their church home and those that stream, that, Lord, I have heard from God and I have been with you this week. And I'm coming to tell everybody what you're thinking and what you said. Bless the hearers, Lord. Bless us to do what the word says today. If you receive a prayer of an anointing into your life this morning, would you shout back amen? Amen. 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 God bless you for standing. You can be seated this morning. I'm preaching to you about the axe and the forest. There was an ancient fable from Aesop in the 6th century B.C. And it says this, A man came into the forest and asked the trees to provide him a handle for his axe. The trees consented to his request and gave him a young ash tree. No sooner had the man fitted the new handle to his axe from it, he then began to use it quickly, failed with his strokes the noblest giants of the forest. An old oak, lamenting, when too late the destruction to his companions, said to a neighboring cedar, and he quotes, and I quote, brother, the first step has lost us all. If we had not given up the rights to the ash, we might all have retained our own privileges and have stood for ages, end quote. I'm talking this morning about the axe in the forest. As I begin to ponder and as I begin to search, trying to find some spiritual correlation, I felt like the Spirit of God led me to Matthew chapter 7. And as I begin to read and unpack that for the first time and drilled as deep as I did this week, I realized that it had stories within a story. Matthew chapter 17, 7 excuse me, appears to be a warning, a comparison of opposites, a warning to be diligent, a warning to be vigilant. Don't be fooled, as the chapter would scream to me. Things will come. Things will happen. Things will change. But in the midst of all of this, beware, be careful, and be safe. As I begin to ponder about the message this morning, of preaching to God's amazing people. Lord, what is in the middle of this chapter? What is at the beginning and ending of this chapter that you would like me to convey? I begin to think about the pandemic. I begin to think, Brother John, about how it has pushed us back away from an altar and a holy of holies. Maybe not that we have agreed to that, but just in the area of life and that we have gotten busy And in some areas, maybe we have gotten desensitized. And so this morning, my friend, let me just tell you at the outset of my message, I've come to preach a pastoral message to this church that I'm wanting the church to listen to with diligent ears. I'm wanting you to know what God is telling me, and I'm wanting you to know what I am concerned about. So I'm preaching about the axe and the forest. So 
Pastor, how does that make sense on my planet? How does that make sense where I live? As I zoomed in on Matthew chapter 7, I realized that there are four warnings that I share with you this morning. There were the Matthew 7, 13 through 14, which talks about the narrow and the wide gates. It's a comparison. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20, talks about a true and false prophet. There's a comparison to be careful. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 and 23, 23, true and false disciples. And it wraps up in Matthew 7, 24 through 29 about the wise and the foolish builders. As I begin to study this out, I realize the voice that is screaming out of Matthew chapter 7 is telling us, hey, there are narrow gates and there are wide gates. Make sure you choose the right gate. There are true and there are false prophets. Make sure you lend an ear to the true prophet. There are true and there are false disciples. You need to understand that not everybody that says, I am Lord, is going to be caught up to meet him. There are wise people and there are foolish builders that build their house up on the sand, but I'm preaching to some people this morning that say we must build our house up on the rock. If it rains, it rains. If it storms, it storms. But my house and my belief and my trust in God is built up on the rock and it is not built up on the sand. The wide gates are much easier to go through. The foster, the narrow gate is very challenging. Maybe a little more narrowed down, maybe a little more rigid, maybe a little less liberty. There is a wide gate and there is a narrow gate. We know the wide, wide gate leads to destruction. We know the narrow gate in this parable here and the writings of Matthew 7 talks about you and I. There are true prophets and there are false prophets. Some come in wolves closing, clothing saying this and saying that. Can I just tell this church that I love so much to be careful in this pandemic that you are not lending an ear to a false prophet. They look like they're legit. They look like they are from God. They sound eloquent and when as they speak into your life or you read their posts. But I'm here to tell somebody here this morning that God said people will come into your lives and they will try to persuade you about things that are not true. I'm here to preach to you about the axe and the forest. True and false disciples, wise and foolish builders. You see, this is what I've learned in my life, that nobody sets out to make bad decisions. Nobody wakes up every morning or any morning rather and say, hey, what can I do to make a bad decision today? What can I do to ruin my life or someone else's life? Nobody hopes for the worst. When we embark on every brand new day or we embark on any brand new situation, we always hope for the best. In fact, our mind tells us the best case scenario. We never plan for the worst case scenario. We don't make decisions based on the worst case scenario. We make decisions based on the best case scenario. But I understand that I've lived a little bit in life and not everything turns out like you think it's going to turn out. Not everything turns out because you think it's the best possible situation. Bad things happen. Things come into our life and changes our opinion or our perspective. But I'm here to preach to the church this morning to tell you to keep your eyes on Jesus in the midst of the storm. Keep your eyes on Jesus in the midst of a valley. Keep your trust in the mighty God in Jesus Christ in the midst of a pandemic. Don't be desensitized. Don't be lured. Don't drift away from what you once believed and what you once stood and you once knew. And watch this, you once loved. But we know bad decisions 
have been made, and maybe you've made some bad decisions. And I have seen and you have seen that some lives have gotten ruined. And at times, the worst thing does happen in situations. You see, the writer in Matthew is trying very, very hard to prevent that from happening with your soul. Telling stories, drawing comparisons, and laying out the pitfalls of the enemy. I believe the biggest threat to the 21st century church today is complacency. That it's just another humdrum day of the week. It's just another humdrum week in my life. It's just another humdrum month in a pandemic. And I've survived ten and a half months and I still think I'm saved. But I'm not preaching to you about being saved this morning. I'm preaching to you about being complacent and lethargy setting in your life. And you just receiving what comes into your life. Some of you need to push back and say, hey, you know what? I've been earmarked to serve God. I've been earmarked to give to the local kingdom. I'm not pushing back. I'm not running back i'm not retreating why because i'm in a pandemic and matthew is warning me you better be careful when you start laying out and goofing off and giving 10 or 20 or 50 percent when before the pandemic you know you gave 80 to 100 percent i'm just simply telling you you better be careful you see i didn't start this matthew chapter 7 did Now, I did work myself up in a frenzy as I read it. I will confess to that. I'm a human being. But I realized, woe to us. Matthew chapter 7 was written way before this pandemic, way before all this happened. Matthew chapter 17, if it's the Gospels, it was written before the crucifixion and Calvary. It was written before the day of Pentecost and the outpouring of God's Spirit. It was written way before our generation in the 21st century. But there are a lot of parallels to Matthew chapter 7 of the stories. And the biggest threat that we face during a pandemic is complacency. That we could take the easy road and we could take the easy path. And in the pandemic, who's going to question us? And when you play the pandemic card on me, what can I say? But I'm here to preach to you again as a pastor that's troubled this morning and this week that we better be careful because there's coming a day that God will restore and God will put back together and God will fulfill his promise. And I don't want to be left on the outside because my spirit and my attitude got a little weak during the course of a pandemic. So I'm building my house upon the rocks. I'm being careful of false disciples. I'm diligently watching the watchman on the wall for false prophets. I'm headed towards the narrow gate because the wide gate is easy. It's a downhill ride. It's a downstream flow. But no, we've been called to serve God and God will help us get through. God's church never loses. God's church always wins. If you're going to win this in this pandemic, my friend, you're going to stay in the church and watch me. You're going to be faithful to the church and you're going to attend where you're supposed to be and you're going to open up your heart and say, hey, God, speak to me. Give me a word. Give me a revelation. I'm not going nowhere. I love you as much as I did before March 15th last year and I love you just as much today on the last day of February oh someone put your hands together talk about complacency the same spirit that caught the five virgins by surprise oh pastor there were 10 yeah I'm talking about complacency though this pandemic has escalated to a spirit of complacency. The spirit of lethargy still looms. Things are getting better, folks. 
things are getting figured out. Medical revelations and availability. But I'm telling you, my friend, I want you to listen to me as a pastor this morning. You cannot keep hiding behind the pandemic card and think that God's pleased with that. When you know that you've loosened the screws on your relationship with God, and you've loosened the screws maybe on your giving, and you've loosened the screws on your commitment, and you can zigzag all over the place, but when it comes to church, we tighten the screws. All I'm simply saying is you better be careful because you're on the wide gate. You're building a house up on the sand that used to be built up on the rocks maybe. All I'm simply saying here is, my friend, you better start to reset. Things are starting to lift. And when we come out of this pandemic, I've already told you and I've already emphatically prophesied practically that this church will be stronger, this church will be bigger, this church will be better, and we are the church. And so if it's going to be bigger, better, and stronger, Brother Foster, that means God's people are bigger and better and stronger. But I can't save everybody, but I can help save people that will listen and submit to the Word of God and believe the voice of God that I've been with God this week, and God is telling this church, get ready, because I'm going to do some things in the Spirit, and I want everybody to lean in. I want you to know what I'm going to do. And God's saying, come on, let's do this together and see what the Spirit won't do. And I simply tell God, said to Sharice, I'm in. I'm ready. There's a correlation over there, but I'm not going to be on the side of the right. The gates and the prophets and the disciples. No, 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 I'm not living there. Because God has filled us with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And I'm not going to succumb to complacency. And if I'm pastoring, then i got to preach what God's laid on my heart. We're all human beings, and it, it is much easier to float downstream. Come on, I'll give you that. It's much easier to sleep in and blow off the exercise routine. It's much easier to sleep in and not go to work. But watch this. There's consequences when you do that. Listen, church, I think it's time some of us wake up. We need to refocus. Some need to restructure. Some need to rededicate. But you need to get your eyes on Jesus and tell him, hey, if God is in control, all things work together for the good. For them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Let me just tell you, can I rip it off and preach to you sugar-free for a few minutes? And then I'll put some sugar back on on the altar call so you don't go home with your feelings hurt. As you leave this morning, they'll be having little sugar cubes to give to you to go to your car so you don't get your feelings hurt. Is that okay? And then maybe you come back next week, maybe you don't. But it's time some of you are honest with God. You can't fool God. You can fool your friends. You can fool your pastor. You can fool your parents, but you can't fool God. That's insanity to think that God doesn't catch what you know you're doing. I'm, I'm telling you, my friend, I'm going to be living on the left side of my slide there. And I feel like I have, and I feel like my heart is pure. But if, if I don't bring a rally and cry to some of our people throughout this pandemic, woe to me when I try to preach in August or September when this is all back to normal, and I say, hey, where'd everybody go? And they all ran off and scattered because they got scared and the devil whipped up on them. No, I'm not waiting till August or September or October to preach, stay in the ship. I'm preaching it several times along the way. What are you doing? It's a mid-course correction. I'm hitting a reset button. I'm refocusing. I'm realigning. I'm restructuring. 
I'm rededicating. What are you doing? Because I'm going to stay saved. I'm going to stay holy. And when God comes back for his church, Brother Foster, I'm ready and I'm willing to come up and I'm pure and I'm holy and I preach that to a church and it's under my responsibility and my care and my mentorship and my pastorate to tell when I feel in my heart, be careful. You see, when someone is told to be careful, that means you're catching them before they veer off and do something to hurt themselves. So what do you, I'm simply saying, be careful. And you can't be that naive to ask yourself the question, be careful of what? Be careful. I don't get it. Yes, you do. That it's you being naive to the Spirit of God. Now's not the time to be driving your life on the wide road that leads to destruction. Growth is painful. Change is painful. But nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. What do you mean, Pastor? I'm telling you, some of you don't belong where you're at. Some of you don't belong thinking some of the things that you think. You got to get out of there. You got to fight your way back. You got to dig up out of the pit. You got to get a determination. You got to get an attitude. I know the devil does not have power over me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If that spirit's going to work in your life, you better get up and tell God, hey, God, I'm sorry. I give you my life, my heart, my soul. I've drifted a little bit. Maybe a lot of people have, but I'm coming back with a vengeance. Fill me again. Anoint me once again. I believe in the preaching. I believe in the word of God. My family's staying saved. My family's staying protected. Why? Because God spoke to me. And it's painful. Change. Come on, let's be honest. Some people need to change. We need a fresh anointing. Someone shout amen. Amen. We need fresh oil. Someone shout amen. Amen. We need fresh fire while it's still day. Someone shout amen. Amen. Mm, Precious people of God, listen to me this morning. Please hear me. Those of you that are streaming online, please hear me this morning. I think the prophet Amos said it so eloquently in 6.1. Woe to you who are at your ease in Zion. Whenever you hear or read the word woe in the Bible, you better listen up. In the same token, when you hear verily, verily, whoop, it's coming down. Woe is of the same caliber. Woe to them. Woe to you that take your ease in Zion. You need me to translate that since I'm so spiritual? What does that mean in my day? You better be careful if you're goofing off with God. You better be careful if you're just yanking the pandemic around, using it at your will when you want to leverage it. Woe to them. Again, please understand, I'm not minimizing the pandemic. Five weeks ago, my father-in-law passed away only because of the pandemic. I get it. I've been in the valley of death during this pandemic. I'm not insensitive. 
I'm not out of touch. I don't live on another planet. We carried our eyeballs out, Grandma, six weeks ago because of the pandemic, what it did to our family. I'm just telling you, even in the midst of a funeral, in the midst of losing a loved one and a family member, I'm still coming to church. I'm masking up. I'm taking pills. I'm doing whatever I got to do. I'm not sequestering away from God and the Holy of Holies. I'm telling my friends, don't go out of here misquoting me, thinking I don't think the pandemic is true and I don't care about you. That is simply not true. To my knowledge in our church, my father-in-law has been the only regular attending member that we've lost to COVID, and it happens to be my family. I'm telling you, my friend, I know the pain. I know the pain. But I also know that the God that we serve cannot be put on a shelf, Brother Foster, and say, we'll catch back up with you when they figure all this out. We'll catch back up with you when 330 million vaccines have been put in people's arms. We'll catch back up with you, God. And you know, God's saying, hey, no, now's the time to catch up with me because I can protect you, I can heal you, I can save you, I can... Come on, someone, you got to hear me this morning if you're going to understand what God told me. Woe to them who are at ease in Zion. That's not me. You're not preaching to me. Amos, you're wasting your words on me. But he wasn't wasting his words on somebody because he pinned the words, Fernando. Prophets don't waste words. They may not fit everybody, but they're relevant to somebody. And I can say with assurance, that don't fit me because I'm not at ease. As the old adage said, if the shoe fits... Now, I don't wear that size shoe. But if you wear that size shoe, here's what you need to understand the way God is. God is trying to get you out of your comfort zone. You're stuck. He's trying to speak to you. Say, well, if I hear from God or I get a word from God, I'll get out of this and I'll be unstuck. You're getting a word from God unless you discount it because you quantify how you think you want to hear it. And God's been screaming bloody murder in your face for the last several months through the preaching or the worship or however you get God. But God is here today saying, be careful. Be careful. You're not in trouble. You didn't do anything wrong. Be careful. Don't do that. Don't think like that. Don't act like that. Don't leverage that. Don't exploit that. Don't. Our time during the pandemic is eerily similar to the days of Noah and Lot. Got to see it in the scripture. Luke chapter 17. I saw this for the first time this week. Verse 26 through 28. When the Son of Man comes again, it will be the same as it was when Noah lived. People were eating, drinking, and getting married even on the day when Noah entered the boat. Then the flood came and killed all of them. Watch this now. I've always heard that preached. As so it was in the days of Noah. The very next verse says, It will be the same during the time of Lot. Brother Foster, two times. When God destroyed Sodom, those people were eating. Same word. Drinking. Buying. Selling. Planting. 
and building houses for themselves, end quote from the Bible. Now, Brother John, here's my takeaway. I never realized the parallel between Noah and Lot. And the writer says it's the same thing. They're doing this and they were doing this. The flood comes. You see the challenge with Noah? He's building a boat. And there's a flood coming. But do your research. In my research, rain had never even appeared there. I'm building a boat because there's coming rain. That rain doesn't exist, and you're all going to be washed away. Now process that if you're one of the hearers of Noah. Okay, what's rain? Okay, significant rain. Oh, water's going to drop from the heavenlies. Okay. And then it's going to be so much, it's going to lift my boat up. And I'm going to float away, and you're going to drown. Makes zero sense, Brother Foster. What about Lot? God's going to destroy the city. It's perverse, it's wicked, it's vile. Lot, get everybody that you love and get out. Can you understand Lot here coming to people? Come on. We got to go, babe. My friend, my best friend, we got to go. Why? Because God's going to destroy the city because God thinks it's wicked. And everybody's going to perish, but if you come with me, you're not going to perish. Makes no sense, Lot. And as I kind of open the aperture of Noah and Lot, in my field of view is us. The pandemic. Hey, be careful you don't drift out. The pandemic's going to go away, but there's still a God. Don't think you have a free pass. Don't, you, don't think we goof off and then we settle up with God in the coming months. And then we reconcile with the Holy Ghost, but we can live however under the banner of, there's a pandemic. Why don't you take a look at the screen here. The forest was shrinking, but the trees kept voting for the axe. For the axe was clever and convinced the trees that because his handle was made of wood, he was one of them. I'm one of you. Brother Dorval, 90% of me is wood. Yeah, but it's the 10% that could kill me. They kept voting. Aesop's fable, I read it to you. You see, that's where that comes from. Listen again now. A man came into the forest and asked the trees to provide him with a handle for his axe. The trees consented to his request and gave him a young ash tree. No sooner had the man fitted the new handle to the axe, he then began to use it quickly. And with his strokes, the noblest giants of the forest fell. An old oak lamenting, too late the destruction for his companions, said to a neighboring cedar, the first step has lost us all. If we had not given the rights of the ash, we might all have retained our own privileges and have stood for ages. Where 
are you in this pandemic? This is what I believe. Watch this. The forest is the church, and the pandemic is the axe. You see, I can't. I have to be careful. True statement. That's the handle. Well, I can't go to church because I I, I can't afford to get sick. True statement. That's the handle. When this all blows over and we get back to a normal schedule in America and the world, then I'm going to come racing back to the altar. Logical. That's the handle. But the whole time you're thinking and living and processing this, the enemy is just cutting away. And here's the thing about it, that the axe handle was from the forest, an ash tree, one of us. Who would have thought the man would come back and chop us all down? Who would have thought the pandemic would have chopped down some trees in the forest of Truvine? None of us. But here's the thing, precious people, that maybe there's been a few swings of an axe on your tree trunk, but you're still standing. You still have life. You've been dinged up. You've been cut up. There's some lacerations, but you're there. And God's saying, hey, woe unto them that allow the man to keep chopping the tree. Woe unto the pandemic. Woe unto your spirit. Woe unto your faith. Woe unto your... Because once you chop that tree down, you don't just put it back on the stump and it doesn't take root again. Once that mighty oak falls, it's dead. It's just a matter of time. Here's the thing. Watch me. When the mighty oak falls, Brother Foster, to the ground, it's not dead. It's just dislocated from the roots and the nutrients that it causes it and allows it to live. But you loop back around in a month, Fernando, and you go see the mighty oak. It's starting to become brittle. The bark is starting to fall off. Why? Because there's no life in it. It's been separated from the nutrients and the lifeline that kept it alive and that allowed it to grow for 100 years. And when you push away from God and you're mixed match back and forth about how you get to God and get to church, my friend, I'm telling you, you're disconnecting from the lifeline of who you are and what saved you and brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you become a mighty oak, but once you're fallen, you're not mighty anymore. I'm just telling you, my heart's heavy. And woe to any pastor that doesn't preach what God tells him. I'm not up here doing a speech. I'm not at a motivational rally. I'm not doing a TED talk. I'm preaching to people's souls, Brother Foster. And I'm simply saying, you better be careful. Like with any of us that have raised kids, we tell them, you better, what do we tell them? You better be careful, I'm going to whip your tail. But we don't whip them right then, right? The old school belt would come off in my day and age. huh? 
or grandma hairbrush. We won't get into all that right now, but anything that would hurt, that was close. But we tell our kids, you better be careful. Watch your mouth. You better be careful. You better be careful. And eventually, after all the better be carefuls don't work, what do we do? We react. We become a parent. And how many of us today is God saying, you better be careful? There's no judgment. I'm not getting on to you. You're not on timeout. You're not going to get a spanking. But you better be careful. Because God sees in the spirit the axe and the forest against the church of the living God. Not just us. Every church. Every Christian. Why? It's a spiritual warfare. It's a battle. I'm not going to be caught by surprise. I'm not going to be caught weak and anemic. I'm not going to be caught laying on the ground, separated from my nutrients and my lifeline, which is church and God and worship and my connectivity. If anything, I'm going to build a fence around that. And maybe I don't wander out past my fence, but I'm not letting go of my nutrients and my lifeline. I'm refocusing. I'm resetting. I'm recalibrating. I'm Come on, somebody. forest was shrinking but the trees kept voting for the axe or the the axe was clever and convinced the trees that because its handle was made of wood I'm one of you don't be afraid of me let me walk among you you know what that does to me that that mirrors this right here let me show you and I gotta quit there's the spiritual version there's the human version Spiritual? Hey, I'm one of you. It doesn't matter what gate. It doesn't matter what prophet. It doesn't matter what dis- disciple. It doesn't matter where you build. Rocks, sand, rocks and sand, wood. Who cares? Build. Build it big. We'll come. God, help us. Help us, God. If you're able to stand with me this morning, could you? You that are streaming online, that are watching us, I want you to listen very closely because you're not here, but I, I, I do respect you coming in on the stream. I'm going to pray a prayer of power upon your life right now. If Just let me help somebody here because I feel this in my spirit, then I'll, I'll pick back up. Let, let me help you. If your spirit or your mind is telling you that I'm getting on to you and I'm upset and pastor don't have a clue, that's the same thing as the act saying, I'm one of you. It's twisting what God is trying to do. The real response, Brother Ron, is like they would say in the disciples when Jesus said, hey, one of you is going to betray me. What do they follow up, the disciples? Is it I, Lord? They're like scared. I don't think I am, but what if they're, they're like, are we good? We're good, right, God? We're good. Is it one of you? It startled them. Oh my goodness. Lord, is it I? And they, you read it. Is it I? That's the response when the voice of God steps in and it crosses what I think I want to do or what I think is right. Lord, is this message for me? Surely not, God, is it? Is it I? I really, God? 
What do I do? That's the response of a pure heart. That's the response of someone that said, hey, this pandemic has been rough. I agree. Again, please understand me. Let me qualify one more time and I'll stop it. We have lost a loved one, a patriarch, my wife's family. I know death. If there was no pandemic, Chris, grandpa would still be here listening to me in person. Over a half a million people in the United States. I'm not minimizing this, folks. Please understand. I'm just telling you, in your relationship with God, in the gates and the prophets and the builders, through all of this, make sure that I am still choosing the rock. I'm still choosing the narrow way. I'm still putting God first. And if you are, then you and we and I and us will prevail. And we will look back. I still believe, Brother John, we will look back and say, you know what, 2020 and part of 2021 was brutal. But I survived. I pray to God in my lifetime we never have another pandemic. But Brother Foster, I survived. I'm wiser, I'm smarter, but I survived. And it's my duty to make sure that everybody survives. It's my obligation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Amen. Let's thank the Lord for the voice of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I receive it. I hear it. I protect it. I embrace it. I guard it. Lord, the voice of God into the life of this church and those online today. God, I rejoice in the spirit. I rejoice in the spirit today, God. We thank you. God, I pray for everyone. Lord, if those that are online, Lord, could have heard that and they did perhaps. God, for speaking to us and validating, God, that you and I did get together this week. God, I thank you for validating my thoughts. Lord, I thank you for validating the people of God. And we are the forest. We will not die. We will not be chopped down. We will be water. We will grow strong. We will become thicker together, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, mighty God. Bless every hearer. Bless everyone that has streamed, everyone that's come out, God, by faith. Bless the family of Truvine today, God. And this week, God, give us an amazing week as we come and go, Lord. And I pray the Spirit is pleased with us. In the name of Jesus, I pray this. We can take four of you up here if you want to pray. I can take four mighty oaks and want an infusion this morning. I can take three more. We can take two more. Hey, just because there's a pandemic don't mean I can't come to the altar.
We want to thank you for joining us today and believe with you that God has spoken something into your life through the sermon and worship. If you have decided today, you know what? I need to give my life to God or recommit to Him. We would love to connect with you, pray with you, and be here with you on your journey in strengthening your relationship with Jesus Christ. Whether that be through a Bible study, baptism, or striving to receive the infilling of the Spirit, we want to connect with you to see the amazing things that God is doing and going to do in your life. Or if you have any questions, we want to welcome you to our online family. Go to visittruevine.com and click connect. If you're worshiping with us on YouTube, go ahead right now, click that subscribe button, or on Facebook, like our page. Go ahead and comment down below and then click the share button. And if this ministry has blessed you, partner with us by giving to God's kingdom here at Truth. You can give a one-time gift or a recurring donation. The giving options are coming up right after this, but we look forward to seeing you this coming Sunday. God bless.